0: Homestyle Green, episode 42. How do you work out R-value and H1 compliance for free? G'day and welcome back to another episode of Homestyle Green. I'm the host of the show, Matthew Cutler-Welsh, and it's great to have you listening. Thank you very much for tuning in. I really, really appreciate it and would love it if you could tell others about the show if you find this content useful. Um, We'd also love it if you head on over to iTunes and leave us a review over there. You can do that very quickly. Go to the iTunes store. You'll have to register if you're not an iTunes user or you don't have a login already. And just scroll through to Homestyle Green and give us a rating. It doesn't have to be five, but if you do leave a five-star rating and a review, do let me know so that I can do a shout-out and thank you for that. Now, today I have an interview that I did last week with Albrecht Stockline, which um, is great. I really um, admire Albrecht's work, and he has a site called Design Navigator, and I'll let Albrecht explain exactly what that is, but if you haven't used it, definitely head on over, check it out, and it's where you can basically get an R-value calculation done and also check with check your design against building requirements and h1 requirements which is the clause in the new zealand building code that deals with their own performance but beyond that and if you're not in new zealand and that's irrelevant it's a really great tool to check out to see how different building elements Relate to each other and the impact of things like thermal bridging on wall elements and ceiling structures, and and also our values of um, different uh, floor systems. So, there's a lot in there, and there's a great new feature that he's just added, which we talk a little bit about in the interview. So, here he is, Ulrich Stockline. Today, I am very happy to be speaking with Ulrich Stockline from Wellington. And, well, you're not originally from Wellington, are you, Ulrich?
1: No, not quite. I where where am I open my mouth? Where so. about, Where are you from? Originally, <laughs> um, I'm from Germany, the southern part of Germany.
0: Right. Now we're going to talk about Design Navigator today, and it's it's great to have you on the show, because I've been wanting to get you on here for quite a while, uh, and finally you've given me a really good reason to invite you on the show, which we'll we'll get to shortly. But firstly. Can you tell us a bit about yourself, uh, including what it is that you do, and what's inspired you along the way to be doing what you're doing at the moment?
1: All oh, right. Um, I, so, my background is um, actually in science. I studied physics in Germany, um, and sort of the, the area that interested me there was renewable energies. Um, uh, photovoltaic, wind energy and those kinds of things. But I always was always interested in architecture as well. Right. And uh, So uh, at some stage we, we decided to come here to New Zealand and there was an opportunity uh, to work at Brands, the Building Research Association. And that sort of combined both things for me. There was the science part and there was also the, the architect, extra, architecture part, the building part. So it was quite enjoyed that and worked there for quite a number of years, looking always at energy in houses.
0: Yeah. And what was your perception then and now of New Zealand homes coming from Germany?
1: I think like with many people who come from overseas, so you're a bit shell-shocked, you think you've come to a subtropical climate. And it may be true in the summer, but once you move in a house and realize that they are built almost like for tropical climate, there's no insulation, so like large windows, uh, the single glazing in those days when we came here to New Zealand. Uh, yeah, it, it, they are very uncomfortable. Yeah. That.
0: If you could say what the one biggest problem is, what would you say that is? Yeah, I was
1: thinking about that. I mean, the obvious one is, of course, insulation. The many mm. houses, old houses, existing houses are badly insulated, and even new houses, they are just insulated to meet building code levels. So there's, I don't think for the average New Zealander, there's the uh, perception of quality of uh, what you get from a really well insulated house that you mm. hardly have to heat at all. but. If you really want to pin me down on one or two things, I think it's one. One part is that the houses are really very big, and mm-hmm. they are often sort of very sprawling. The design is not very compact. It's single-story houses with their corner stretching out, and there another courtyard in there. And that, of course, is not a very energy-efficient design. And then on top of that, you often have very, very large windows in houses. Mm. And I think there's a bit of perception now in the last few years here in New Zealand that once houses are double glazed, once you use double glazing for the windows, you've done your bit. But I think once you scratch a little bit deeper and look at the actual science behind it, you realise that still, even if glazing, if windows are double glazed, there can be huge heat losses for the windows.
0: Yeah, I always tell people that even a double glazed window is still a hole in the wall. Exactly, exactly. Yes, yeah. By a factor of ten, or pretty much. If yeah, you, if you compare, that's right. Yeah. If you compare the R value of a wall to a typical uh, double glazed window,
1: yeah, that's right. That, I think that often brings it home. So that that example that you compare the heat loss for a square meter of wall, insulated wall, with the heat loss for a square meter of insulated window or double glazed glazing, you have about ten times more heat loss for mm. mm. one square meter. And then you put that together with big windows like big ranch sliders, maybe. But about four by five meters big, so you yeah, have probably a lot, lot more heat loss going through those windows than through the walls.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, before we get more into houses, I want to step back to physics because you mentioned physics quite lightly there, and it's mm. a pretty broad topic in general. What <laughs> did you specifically study and? How did you get into uh, computing and, and coding? Because you've done a bit of coding as uh, well, haven't you?
1: Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, when I studied um, in Germany, I studied uh, in Northern Germany, uh, University of Oldenburg, and they had a special program for renewable energies. And um, my topic that I was particularly interested in was a very detailed thing. It was looking at the life expectancies of batteries in remote area systems that are run off wind turbines. So what happens is... it's quite specific. (laughs) It is, yes. And it was a lot, so simulating the life expectancy. In those days, people often just got car batteries and they were never designed to be fully discharged and then recharged a few days later. They're just designed to start a car and then immediately being charged up. And so they, they didn't last very long and sort of I did a bit of research in that what those cycling patterns are and why those batteries don't last very long Right. and I guess at that time I already found that I'm quite interested in computers because I did a lot of that research using computer models
0: right jump forward a few years yeah for those that haven't seen design navigator which is one of your main projects can you uh, describe it to someone who's never seen it before
1: yeah it's um it's an online program, so it's, uh, I don't know whether you would classify it as cloud cloud software, I guess it is, so you just go online and go on the website and there's a calculator. And the main purpose of the calculator is to uh, do H1 building compliance calculations. So mm-hmm. it allows you to enter the dimensions of the building and the R values of the building and it has a little bit of a calculator there that calculates the construction R-value, so that's when you put some insulation in a wall, for example, then the wall itself won't have the same R-value as the insulation material because you have all the timber and lining and cladding and so forth. So it does those calculations and then you can also enter the dimensions of the buildings and then it tells you whether it does comply with the building code or it doesn't comply.
0: All right, We, we may have lost a few people there. Let's, oh. let's start with H one. What for those that oh, we, we, I, yeah. thats all right. No, I have mentioned H one a couple of times before. But yeah. for, for people overseas or or who aren't familiar with with that, mm. um, what's H one?
1: It's it's just one of the clauses in the building code. There are several clauses in the building code. somebody would fire. somebody deal with structure. And that clause, each each of those clauses has a letter and the clause H1, there's only one part to that clause, deals with energy efficiency, and that basically says to what levels people yep. in New Zealand have to insulate their houses, or also commercial buildings, so it applies to.
0: So for us in New Zealand, that's pretty much the only part of the building code that deals with energy efficiency, or even efficiency at all, really, in any part of the building code.
1: And, and a building has
0: to, has to achieve a certain score, a certain level over um to to be compliant
1: that's right and they are sort of simple methods just look up tables you have to have those insulation values in the walls and the roof and the windows and so forth and then they are more kind of sophisticated more more flexible options as well that you mm. can sort of trade off R values you have more insulation in the roof and you can therefore produce the R value in the walls how? it's actually not quite correct like yeah i was going to say we're, 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 there's, there's we're, we're, like yeah we might
0: problem. we might come back to that in, in a little yeah. while cuz um it's yeah. okay. interesting <laughs> uh, but i want to pick up something else you just mentioned which was um thermal bridging so uh, the calculator works out that if you put say an r um 1.9 bat inside a wall a timber frame wall the that r value of that overall wall may be slightly less than 1.9.
1: That's exactly right. Yes. Yes. And
0: and that's because the, why
1: is that exactly? I mean, the timber, every material has some R value. So the R value just describes how good it is to hold the heat in. And the R value of that piece of timber is lower than the R value of the insulation. And so you have in your wall, you have some sort of easy ways where the heat can go through and some where the heat can't go through. So where the insulation is, mm. they're very well insulated. Where the timber is, the heat can escape quite easily. And there are some some methods, some standards that describe how to calculate the overall effective R-value of the wall. Then. So if, yep. obviously, the, the less timber you have, the better it mm. is. And there are some really clever things that you can do. You can have two layers of timber, so almost like cross hatched So you have some strapping which goes horizontal and you put another layer of insulation in that layer. So you almost don't have any elements where you just have timber going for the whole wall. But those are things which, if you really want to build a very low-energy house, a passive house, for example, then you would look at those things. Mm, But the design navigator that deals with mostly standard... Constructions, you have a timber framed wall or a steel framed wall, and yep. wall with, or roof and floor, and it just tells you what the effective R value is.
0: Now, I cut you off when you were saying, or well, you're talking about the compensation allowance in H1, which basically means that you can have a low R value somewhere if you compensate for a, a higher R value somewhere else in the thermal envelope. As a physicist, how mm. do you feel about that?
1: Um, I think it's it's sort of uh, theoretically it, it's fair enough that you can do those things the only thing which you have to keep in mind is that insulation isn't only there to uh, prevent the, the overall heat loss from a building what you also want to avoid is having cold spots in the building mm-hmm. for two reasons one of them is it still makes you uncomfortable so you just think of you're sitting in a in a, in a warm room, the, the warm air, air temperature, but then you suddenly open the door. So you you've immediately feel that draft, although it's only one area of the room that is cold. So you don't want to sort of trade off too much. And the other effect that that has is that you get cold surface areas as well. And wherever you have cold surface areas coming together with moisture, in every house you have moisture from cooking people and so forth. So when you have cold surface areas and moisture, then you get condensation there. Yep. And that's why you, these days, when people get um, double glazing, but they still have aluminium frames on those glazings, then I heard quite a number of times that people now experience a lot of condensation on those aluminium frames, and it can be even worse than, or appear worse than when they had single glazing before, because it's, the condensation is concentrated on a yeah. really small area. It really drops down there, whereas previously it might have been just distributed over all the walls and the, the, the glass itself and the frames and so forth. So it was distributed over a wider area and you might not even have noticed it that much. Of course, there are ways to compensate with, with, for that as well. You know, they are, are firmly broken windows or yep. timber windows or PVC framed windows, or they would address those.
0: Yeah, well. yep. I'm mm-hmm. a big advocate for thermally broken window frames if you're mm-hmm. put the aluminium frames in. Mm. All right, um, let's get back to Design Navigator. The, the reason we're, my, one of the big reasons we're talking today is, is a, a feature you just added to mm. the tool, yeah. which I should also add is free, by the way, which, yeah. which will um, uh, just to um, make that very clear to people that they can jump online to Design Navigator and, and, and use it and check it out, and I highly recommend that people do do
1: that. What's the, the uh, new feature that you just added? Yeah, it's sort of a labor of love, I guess, which I developed over probably the last two years or so on the weekends. Yeah. I don't have anything better to do. (laughs) Uh, um, One of the the things that I noticed when um, you have to do those those building compliance calculations is it's very time-consuming to enter all the dimensions of the building. So you Mm -hmm. have to enter each individual wall, each window, which is in that wall, same for the roofs and the floors and so forth. And um, by nature, I try to make things simpler for myself. And so I thought, wouldn't it be nice if you could just upload a floor plane, like an image file, and then you just trace around the edges of that floor. And the program would automatically then calculate the area of the floor the roof, respectively, and then you just would have to type in a number how high those walls are, so 2.4 meter normally, and that would give you the basics already of all your building dimension. All what you have to do is also enter the windows there, and so that's basically what I did. So you can just upload floor plans, you trace them, and the program calculates the whole areas, then combines that with the R values that you have in those different components, and tells you whether it complies with the building code or not. So and another feature which is if you want to push that a bit further because yeah. one thing which I is sort of a, a side effect of that design navigator I feel is that because it's relatively easy to to play around with some numbers, I, I believe it is often also used to, to go down to the absolute minimum of insulation that is required, that is just compliant with the building code and that sort of goes a little bit against my grain that's not why i wrote it but it's a fair enough um, purpose of the tool as well but what i have added in the tool now is also a heat loss calculator so what we talked about before the the window heat losses being a lot more than um, um, the wall heat loss so once you have entered that whole building in the design navigator it tells you where the heat goes so you would see the, there's a graph there which shows, okay, 10 times more heat goes through the windows in that particular design than goes through the walls. So you would know where to prioritize. If you have a bit more money to spend, you could say, is it worthwhile to put some more insulation in the roof or in the walls, or should I get those thermally broken window frames with my right. blades?
0: And so would that help people with a renovation as well as a, a new yes. design?
1: Yes, absolutely. It can be used just as a design tool if you just look at that feature, or as a building compliance tool, and in other case, you can use it for new and
0: existing buildings. Mm-hmm. And and so with this new feature, um, most lay people would be able to upload an image into their trace around it, and yeah. and get some sort of sensible answer for both H one compliance and also um, the relative heat loss out of those different elements.
1: Yeah, I mean, I you you need to know a little bit about sort of. What an hour value is, for example, it doesn't go down to the very basics. Although the part of my website is also a message board, and it's relatively frequently used, and so yep. if, even if they're basic questions, I'm quite happy to respond to them as well. But then once you do that, you you simply upload a floor plan and you just trace it and enter a few numbers, and it tells you how much heat loss you have. If uh, you you may not know the answer to this, but if someone wanted
0: uh, assistance. With doing a, a planner, are there people that are familiar with the tool, or where where could someone go if they want some help?
1: The uh, the tool is actually quite popular. I think there are now almost fifty thousand designs already in the database wow. of, of designers who have used it for H one calculations. Yeah. So at the moment, or up to recently, I didn't have that graph in there. So for most customers, homeowners. It wasn't really that relevant because they just wanted to know does it comply with the building code or not. But I hope that at least some designers might now use it also to have that discussion with the homeowner and say, hey, look, most of you are actually going through those few walls where we just have brick brick walls or mm. concrete block walls. We should do something about those block those walls rather than spending more money on roof insulation. Or you could even look compare different designs with that as well. So we could say, okay. Take that one bedroom out, which we probably don't need anyway. Save a bit of money on that, put it in the insulation, and whoops, saved quite a bit of money on, on energy. Yeah,
0: 50,000 designs uh, in the database, and to this date, uh, it's free. That's that's quite a service that you're offering there, Albrecht. Yeah, so it's uh, yeah. free. What, what's the f- future plan for the?
1: The um, I mean, at some stage, I'm planning to also charge some money for it. Um, it's probably going to be some sort of model once people sort of have, they can still use it, but once they want to have the final report printed out or emailed to them for H1 compliance, mm-hmm. then there might be a fee to it that they get the report. So you could still play with it and try it out and find the best solution. And for a homeowner who's just interested in their heat loss. They can just use it as it is. But once you want to use the report for your building consent, then you would have to pay a small fee for it.
0: Yeah. But for the meantime, very much a labor of love.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I quite enjoy <laughs> <it>. <laughs> So the combination of computer programming, playing with things and the building design and doing something good for the environment. Well,
0: certainly everyone that I've spoken to that knows about it uses it a lot. And mm. everyone that I speak to who doesn't know about it is very excited to learn about it. So um, you, you're certainly providing a very good service to the people that I speak to, and a lot of people um, really really do appreciate it, and I think it's a fantastic tool to have out there. Um, because I know that the, the, the capacity for get those sorts of calculations is, is, is theoretically pretty easy these days, but I know that some of the alternatives are prohibitively expensive, particularly for people just building their own home. Um, they don't yeah. don't have any access to the likes of ArchiCAD and and some of those yeah. more
1: complicated uh, thermal design tools. That's right, and they require a lot more expertise also mm. to to mm. do. Right? So you really have to spend some um, days, I guess, to to learn them first.
0: All right, um, have you got a favourite resource or a book that you'd like to recommend to home <laughs> Yeah, yeah,
1: that's sort of just. Uh, <laughs> That's quite nicely what we were just talking about. I mean, what I often felt is that um, you have sort of two different types of information about good thermal design. On one end you have the the one slightly over sort of recommendation you should have thermal mass in your house and the windows don't have them too big in the south facing walls and so forth. Very general ones but it's sort of once you really want to build your house and design your house, you, there's often the question, yeah, how much thermal mass should I have? Or how big should the windows actually be? And, and is that enough insulation? And you don't get that from those kinds of resources. And at the other end of the spectrum, like you said, you have the full-scale simulation tools where you have to be pretty clever with computers and also with, with building technology to mm-hmm. understand them. And so there's a resource which is actually free. It was written many years ago. I don't know when, but... I, not even know by whom it was written. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, on the ECA Energy Efficiency and Conservation Authority website, and it's free to download. And it's called "Design for the Sun." There are two volumes of it; each of them is probably about like, uh, might be 100 pages or so. And that is sort of a good middle way that. Um, talks about, yeah, it's good to have thermal mass, but then it goes one step further. It says, yeah, if you have this type of insulation, if your building is north-facing, and if those things are near, then you should have, say, five square meters of thermal mass, or you should have that much insulation in the walls. So it's it's for someone who is not really wanting to get into, like spending days and days and weeks on researching that, but wants to learn a little bit more about the quantitative, how they should do it, I think that's a great resource.
0: And you have a whole list of other resources available on your on Design Navigator as well, don't you?
1: Yeah, there's a, a page where I sort of list references to other documents and other websites that I came across. I, yep. I mean, it's I, I did that many years ago. And to be honest, I spent more time on actually developing that tool, the calculation tool, rather than updating those resources. So I guess. Like, like your website, for example, I'm sure there are lots more
0: resources than I have on my website. And I, I don't think mine's quite as uh, sophisticated under the bonnet though. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but you have a
1: lot of resources <laughs> on it. So course for courses, I guess.
0: Yeah. So um, now where we, we haven't uh, mentioned the, the uh, URL in full. Where can people oh, yeah. find yeah. Design Navigator and how can people get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, it's quite simple. It's just Design Navigator, just one word altogether. So you have two N's in the middle: Design dot And the easiest way to get in touch with me is there. There are some links on the website anyway to me, and you can email me. And it's also Design Navigator at gmail dot com. Right. Well, thank you very much for your time,
0: Ulrich, and and also thank you very very much for all your great work over the. Uh, the time that you've been developing this tool and continue developing it like i said i think it's a great uh, service and it's quite rare these days to have something of, of that sort of quality and usefulness that is available freely um with without much sort of pomp and ceremony out there not not really pushing it in any any sort of uh, glamorous way but it's just sitting there doing its thing and doing it very well so um thank you for providing that
1: yeah that's great It's reward to hear
0: that feedback oh well it, it's uh, I, I think it's very valuable for, for those that, that use it uh, I know I've seen um, formal submissions that have your uh, your calculations as their consent requirements um, yeah. yeah in there so yeah. you know, there's some people putting some pretty uh, relying on it quite heavily mm-hmm. yeah. great hey well thank you very much for your time really appreciate that oh, thank you as well and yep yeah, um, sure yeah, Perhaps if if people have questions, they can either email myself or get in touch with you and um, we'd love to uh, hear how things carry on for you. Absolutely. Well, there you go. That was Albrecht Stockline, building scientist, physicist and creator of Design Navigator and also just an incredibly nice guy. Like I said, really respect Ulbricht's work, and uh, it's great and and quite amazing actually to have a a resource like that, which is out there for free. Ulbricht did kind of indicate that it may not always be free, so I'd head over there and make use of it as much as you can now while it still is free. Um, It is an incredible resource, and I look forward to him um, keeping on improving some of the, the stuff there, particularly that feature that allows you to trace a PDF or a drawing and look at the envelope in a, a bit more of a graphical way. It's not perfect yet. It's still a bit rough around the edges and I'm sure Albrick would definitely appreciate your feedback on that. So have a play and let him know what you think. A couple of points that I took out from that interview. Firstly, the concept of large sprawling houses and particularly large windows and, and just how much of an impact windows Size has on the overall R value, and uh, I think that's an important point to remember. That and in, in a window, even if it's a double glazed one or a quite a high performance window, it's still a hole in the wall when you compare that to the R value of the wall that surrounds that window. Uh, secondly, the concept of thermal bridging we discussed a little bit, and that's such an important thing to consider if you're ach- wanting to achieve a higher performance because um, you can have a theoretical quite high R value or a high material R value, but if there's lots of gaps in it uh, as part of the structure, then you're losing a lot of the effectiveness of that material. So not only important is that in design stage, but obviously during the building stage, try and minimize uh, thermal bridging as well. And finally, some great more free resources that Ulrich pointed to and I will link those up in the show notes so you can find those it's always nice to have some documents that help back up if you're explaining these issues to clients or if you're trying to get some um, more understanding of, of the issues involved in, in a relatively simple but effective ma- manner then uh, those resources are quite useful That's enough for me for this week. I hope you enjoyed that. As I said at the beginning, I would love to get your comments and feedback. You can email me comments at homestylegreen.com or head on over to iTunes and register there and give us a rating and a review would be awesome. And check out www.homestylegreen.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow M. Cutler Welsh on Twitter. Thanks very much, uh, and we'll see you again next week on Homestyle Green.